0: Dan, how are you? Welcome to episode 11 of Hub Shots.
1: Thanks, Craig. It's good to be here, back in your lounge room.
0: (laughs) That's right. Another episode where we're recording in the same place. It's always good. Now, we have some exciting news regarding... Stickers. Stickers. We love stickers. We've actually got some limited edition stickers for Hub Shots listeners. Um, Why are they limited edition, though? There's only 100, Craig. (laughs) And there will only ever be 100 of this design. Why is that?
1: Because it doesn't have our website on it.
0: We forgot to put the URL on the sticker. So there you go. Classic mistake. So, but the benefit is it means they're, they are definitely limited edition. So how do how do people get a, a free sticker? Fill out the contact form on hubshots.com. That's right. So, uh, yep. And thank you to
1: our friends at Sticker Mule.
0: They were great. They were really good service. Yeah. Okay. On to shot one inbound thought of the week.
1: So... We're going to talk about good content versus good enough content. And this is uh, on the Inbound blog. Do you want to tell tell me
0: more about that, Craig? Following on from what uh, you talked about last week, just about how Inbound continues with their making videos of presentations available. So this is a really good one by Anne Handley that I listened to during the week. As you said, good content versus good enough content. It's a really good talk, but there were a few things I really liked about it. One of them in particular Is she's? I guess her message, the big kind of takeaway from me was be bolder. And it's about finding your voice. And she actually said the biggest missed opportunities for companies that they're making is that they're playing it too safe. And I found that quite an interesting and motivating message.
1: I tend to agree. You know what? And I think even for us, that's one of the things post inbound. I've thought about how do we be bold with what we do? And how do we differentiate ourselves? So one of the big things that I learned from Inbound, and this came more out of the partner side, but was they found that partners that had a niche, so they said they specialize in a particular industry. So, for example, we specialize in automotive, property, industrial manufacturing, right? So as soon as we've started saying that, the response from people is entirely totally different. And it's kind of put us out Then some people, somebody said to me the other day, I feel really excluded I mean yeah you will but the thing is i want to work with those people in those industries because that's what i know and i love right so i think again being bold about who you are and what you're about is very useful i think for the people that you're trying to deal with
0: okay so our hubspot feature of the week now i don't know if this is a new thing but up in my um HubSpot notification, notification area, you know the lovely little orange light. I love that when that goes on. So there's been a few notifications lately, and this the one that I had today was um, Eventbrite uh, integration with in yep. HubSpot. I was like, oh, okay, that's really cool. But hang on, is this actually new? So no,
1: so I think that came out of inbound when they talked about the connectors, right? And what it does is basically it helps Eventbrite hook into the CRM and into the marketing part. So you can actually see the whole, again, end to end of what's happening when someone actually signs up, they say, yes, I'm going to turn up to the event and then you can see it all in your system. So I think that's the key benefit of it.
0: Okay, so yeah, agreed, really cool feature. But I guess I was just a bit puzzled whether it was new or not. I guess it's not, but always good to be reminded of these things, I guess, and to take advantage of them. Or do you think it's maybe because they've been doing a lot with Eventbrite lately, it was maybe just another reminder that...
1: Yeah, totally. And you know what? They've just partnered again, like co-partnered on a webinar to promote Eventbrite and HubSpot together. So again, you know what? You never know. What sometimes seems new or old to us can be new to somebody else because they're in a different part of the journey. So I'd say, you know, example, if for our listeners out there, think about something that you've not talked about for a while in your business and maybe tell, or the next piece of email marketing that you do, tell people about it, share an experience, share a thought about it and see what happens.
0: I like it. It's it's not new for you, but it might be new for many of your customers and your audience and provides value i like it so craig are you going to use this uh it's a good question ian (laughs) yes we will be using this and uh we'll just give a little sneak peek that we're actually going to be running an event in february it looks like uh hubshots uh training event so yeah we will be using this integration yeah uh
1: So. In, in Sydney. It'll be in Sydney to start off with and we'll be running it. So
0: we'll definitely test it out and get back to you how it's going. That's right. Stay tuned for that. So uh, another HubSpot uh, tip of the week, I might just quickly mention about this. We won't go into detail, but yep. there's been a few blog posts lately and there was one on the HubSpot uh, blog the other day just about this whole idea of A-B testing and testing. Uh, workflows we'll put a link to it and yeah. they've actually come up with a way to kind of separate lists as yeah. they go through a form uh, i actually commented on it and left a kind of an alternate uh, option as well and i think that's i like
1: what you did actually because i think that just goes to show that there is not one way to do something there's actually multiple ways and if you talk to different people and i know that even when we have discussions together we implement things differently based on our knowledge and our experience. And I think here's another great example of someone who's written this blog person is an engineer and we're coming from a different perspective again. So we've found a different method to kind of skin the cat the same way. And I really like that
0: example that you gave. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah. So one of the ways that I've been AB testing with one of my clients has been kind of, Uh, splitting lists Uh, so we basically wanted to test a different subject line and they're on the professional version of uh, HubSpot so there's no A-B testing uh, facilities in that edition. So what we did is just came up with our own workaround and we just split a list. We had their main list newsletter recipients as a smart list and we just pulled that uh, into two new smart lists and in one smart list A we just said if last name begins with A or C or E and every second, every odd, basically. Yeah. And then the other one, obviously B, D, et cetera. Yeah. And that was a very, really simple way. I mean, it seems kind of clunky, right? But it only takes a minute to set up. Yeah. It was a really simple way to split our list. But and a then, great way to do a split text. Exactly. Eh? We sent yeah. one copy to one list and the other to the other. And it actually raised an interesting item um, in terms of, sending newsletters oh yeah tell me tell me tell me a bit about that so what we t- i just wanted to test one thing i just yep. wanted to test the subject line yeah, okay right. so yep. we actually tested one version which was just their brand yep brand name Yep. News- so company name right yeah, yeah. company yeah. name yeah newsletter uh, november 2015 yep. the other one we tested a benefit in, yep. in the subject line uh, to do with their industry they are in, yeah. and some benefit that we thought. Now, which one do you think did better? Well, which one?
1: Well, yeah. when we were talking about this, I definitely said that the benefit would have been the one that caught my eye, but I think you've proved me otherwise.
0: <laughs> exactly. I, everyone expected the benefit to be better. Yeah. Actually, in this in this case, by a significant margin. The brand one, that just the boring brand or company name subject line got a lot more opens and a lot more clicks through as well. Really? Yeah, and we figured in this case that, and we'll keep testing of course, this is just one (laughs) test in one month. But we figured because they do have such a good brand that when you're in an inbox and it's just flooded with emails with all of these different calls to action and benefits and that, you're looking for credibility and ah, Here's a newsletter from a company I trust. As boring as the subject line is, I I know I'll get value from them. I'll click and, and open it.
1: Yeah, so, you know, that's a really good point. Don't underestimate your brand or your name because people place value on it, whereas you might think, oh, it's not that valuable. And I guess my question to you next is, so the people that you sent that got the non branded version of the email and say did not open it, would you be now thinking about sending the one the same email with their branded
0: name in the subject? Actually, that's a good question. And that goes back to a tip we had a couple of weeks ago, isn't it? Resending to people who didn't open. Yes. We didn't actually in this case, because of the newsletter went out just at at the end of November, but we were going to test it this week. However, I did test that with my own company newsletter and we got a much higher, yeah, we got a big, so just to reiterate, sorry, we're we're talking about a point from a couple of episodes ago, which was resending your newsletter to everyone that didn't open it. Yeah. And uh, so you sent it on one day and based on two days later, if people hadn't opened it, you created a smart list with that and sent it to them again with just the subject line saying reminder and exactly the same as before. I tested that with my own company newsletter. And yeah, we got a ton of opens on the second time. That's great. Overall, we actually doubled our open rate just with exactly the same content. So yeah. Yeah, That's
1: a pretty simple thing to implement, right? That's right. Yeah. So, I mean, I encourage everyone listening to definitely go try that out because that could make a massive difference.
0: Yeah, that's right. So just to summarize, there were two different points we're talking about there. One was split testing your subject line just to test brand only. You think it's a boring brand subject line, but maybe that's actually got credibility and maybe it doesn't. Your testing might show actually people don't know our brand. Correct. Yeah. So that's the first point, test that. But then the second one was even though you've sent it two days later, send it again to the people that didn't open and then maybe you'll catch them at a different time.
1: Yeah, and I guess the other thing we talked about, we started talking about was split testing workflows. That's how it started. That's right. So... Uh, you basically said you created that split test in a different manner, so that's right. Again, but here we go. You can split test a workflow, you can split test a headline, you can split test your smart content. I'm sure. Exactly. So I guess it just comes down to how, what you want to do or what you want to achieve. So I have a goal in mind. I think that's a really big thing. I was talking to somebody this week who came to see us, and they had someone doing SEO for them, right? right. And I said, and they said, look, and I said, what did they do? And they went, well don't really know they give me this report right with actions which we need to take action on but i said what's the end goal i said really it's inquiries and leads right like you want people downloading or filling in that contact form because that's the measure of success at the end of the day business outcomes business outcomes so i think always drive especially if you're in marketing and you're and you're in sales that's what's going to drive stuff right it's dollars in the door business you've converted or the quality of the leads that you've given the sales guys so drive for that and push the conversation towards that
0: all right on to our challenge of the week and can i tell you what my challenge of the week is
1: yeah go for that craig
0: okay so i i was listening back to last episode and i realized i do this mm, mm, right hmm, mm, all the time during the podcast and it drove me nuts <laughs> So my challenge of the week is for this podcast not to do that. The reason I'm mentioning it is because if you listen to our episodes and you hear me doing that and it annoys you, I'm aware of it, and thank you, and I'm going to try and stop doing it. Okay, so that's my challenge. And But it also raises the issue, though. If there's something you hate about the podcast, we're happy, happy to get that feedback. <laughs> Just send it through. If there's something that you like, tell us as well. That would always be Now, good.
1: Craig, following on from your mm, challenge... <laughs> A couple episodes ago we talked about matching HubSpot conversions with analytics and you said you were trying something out and I believe you've got some data
0: right yes so my challenge about a month or so ago was I was having trouble matching up my analytics reports to do with AdWords with my HubSpot reports when you dive into the sources report and into paid search and things like that so there's a good knowledge base article on HubSpot that talks about auto tagging your AdWords and things like that and how that plays into the reports and so we won't dive into it in detail here but what I will just tell you is that the summary is yeah I was able to work out a way using the basically ad copy templates yeah. that you get from the HubSpot, HubSpot URL yeah. builder. It gives you that nice thing we talked about a week or two Using that in the ads to tag the URLs that come through to analytics, as well as keeping auto linking between AdWords and analytics in place. Cause I was worried that might cause double ups, but it actually works flawlessly. So we'll just point to, yeah, we'll point to that mm-hmm. knowledge base. And so if you've had the issue where you can't match your AdWords with your HubSpot r- reports, this will hopefully solve it for you or get them back into sync. So, oh, yeah. That's great. Yeah, I've been really happy to get that all working again.
1: All right, opinion of the week, Craig, and I, I really like this one. This <laughs> is from the HubSpot blog. And it's to do with the blog subscriber Gray mail Purge. Now, I've never heard about Gray mail. and this is G-R-A-Y-M-A-I-L. And so what they've done is they had 550,000 subscribers, right? And what they basically did was they purged, I think, was it 200,000? Yes, I think so. Or 250 that weren't engaging with their content. So they use a really good example. It could be something where you said, look, sign up now, you'll get 10% off your next order. So people basically just sign up because they want the 10%, but they're not really interested in listening to what you have to say. They just wanted the discount. So they might remain on your list or they'll say funnel it into this folder and never look at it. So they did that and they actually want people engaging with their content. So what do you think? I think it's a great...
0: I, I think it's really impressive, very brave. And so just to, yeah, uh, follow on from what you said, they basically looked if people didn't click through, so not just open rate, but if they didn't click, yeah. uh, that was their measure of engagement. So it's engagement. actually oriented, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that was their measure of engagement because they just felt that open rate can be misleading at times. Uh, so, yeah, if they didn't click in the last six months, they basically... Well, they went through a process, but they put them into a workflow to remove them. Very brave, because as I said, when you when you basically cut in half your email list, like that's pretty drastic. And there was obviously a whole lot of internal discussion around it yep. and debating it. The reason I really like it is because it's counterintuitive thinking. It's not totally. something that you would yep. think, Oh, I'll do that. But for me, the takeaway was kind of like, okay, well, let's think about the recipients getting value, yeah, you know. And if that means I have to cut something, as they say, a vanity metric, cut it back and take risks to give a better outcome for my audience, yeah. then do it. Like, I just think that's really um. Well, I just think,
1: yeah. also think about it from the perspective, like you, if you're paying for all these emails to be sent out, you know, you've halved your cost of sending right because you're not sending it unnecessarily to these people and i think that's also like i think we spoke about this in a few episodes at the start it's like do we have a process for cleaning up or knowing who is engaging or who's not engaging with us and i guess this is another great example of well hey we've built all of these subscribers but let's let's go back and review it and say well okay well who are the people we want to keep talking to and who are the people we don't want to talk to and get that conversation happening
0: yeah exactly i i think their main uh goal was to provide better value for their email subscribers i really like that they did that the other thing i'll just mention if you look at that blog post and look through all the comments, yep. there's occasionally people popping up down in nested comments saying, oh, I'm no longer getting your emails. I'm not, yep. And there's a person within hours replying, going, oh, I've just checked with the team and I can see that whatever, there was a soft bounce or a hard bounce and yep. you were taken off. We've fixed that. So it's a little bit of a separate point, but basically here's a company that's had more than half a million subscribers doing this massive kind of cleanup and purge and yet they're dealing individually with comments and there's quite a lot of comments making yeah. sure that they weren't uh, adversely affected uh from this so i just really think that's a great spectrum from macro through to just individual care so i think it's a it's a really useful blog post to read it and also in, think about in your own company whether yeah, providing you value yeah. is the focus yep
1: yeah. yeah. that's great all right general tip of the week craig
0: Okay, well, this is a good one from you. So let's, this is about Google's accelerated mobile pages, which I don't know a lot about. I've read briefly, but, yeah, why don't you explain Look, that? I
1: don't know a lot about it either, and I read about it on the weekend, and I was really intrigued because one of these big things is that Google wants to be, provide a better experience to people, and I think this is just along the path of actually doing that. So what what it is is where they can actually help you roll out a faster mobile experience for people. So we'll put a link to it. It's on search engine land or search engine journal. And basically it says, look, here's what you can do. Here's what the takeaway can be. Now, something is happening in February where they're gonna start rolling this out. So I would encourage people to start looking at it and go, well, do I really need it? Or should I even just do a test see so that it's useful? So investigate it, see it beneficial for your business. Because it potentially can bring a lot of traffic, right?
0: Especially if you've got um, a lot of mobile traffic coming to your site. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And you know what? It's just another avenue to get in front of people. So, again, like I talked about virtual reality last week about getting the walkthroughs for your business. Yeah, right. This is another thing that you can use that will put you up there because, again, Google – so let me go go back one step. Google's trying to tell give people what they want before they ask for it. So – you know, like like I find it really interesting when we're searching now for stuff, like people's menus are popping up, open times are popping up, how busy they are. So on local uh, things, I've noticed that it has graphs about hours of the day where they know you're busy because they might be looking at people searching locally. Interesting. And then walking into places based on their geolocation what's going on and i think this is just another avenue that they're helping get the information to the right people at the right time in this micro moment of time
0: nice yeah so definitely something to check out i'm going to be checking that out further so that's google's accelerated mobile pages amp is the acronym there yeah so the action item there investigate whether it's beneficial for your business all right, on to our, we're going to call this our state of inbound shot of the week, even though it's not, because we've changed it to the, the very um, easy to say.
1: Content Marketing Institute, Content Marketing
0: Research 2016 report. <laughs> yes, which, uh, as we said last week, that's, that's um just rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? But look, lots of great stuff in um, this report, and in particular, because it has a special section which just focuses on Australia. And the usual caveat is there was only a small sample of the overall survey that yeah. was so Australian-based. Small
1: is 146 people. <laughs> yes,
0: so that's the caveat as we've said each time. So don't um, so take these as items to consider and ponder as opposed to definitive um, okay. industry truths. But yeah, a few interesting points that will build yeah, on this. Yeah, so week. I
1: guess page eight it said only 28% say they are effective. And the rest said they were neutral or not effective.
0: Yeah, this is to do with their uh, their use of content marketing. Isn't that interesting? So, yeah.
1: Which is interesting given that last time I remember us talking about it and there was a high percentage that were implementing. Yes. So does that mean that the people implementing are now saying that they actually don't think it's
0: effective no they're saying that they don't feel that they are using it as effectively as possible so Uh, they feel also also we covered this last episode around where that what people felt in terms of their maturity and a lot of people are embracing content marketing and i actually made motivation in the week was like most people are not very mature at it so like don't feel too bad if you're sort of new to it put in the put in the effort Uh, but yeah this is again a reminder of that that in australia we are kind of I guess, behind the US in some ways, just in terms of implementation proficiency. Yeah. And we recognize that we're not as effective as we'd like to be. I'll tell
1: you what, I'll give you a little example. I was looking through someone's analytics. I was doing a proposal today. I was looking through the analytics of um, the people that converted on this particular website. It was a builder. And I noticed that the people that converted, so the average uh, visit was four pages, right? or three, three to four pages, lasted about three minutes.
0: Actually, that's pretty healthy. Yes, yeah, it's good. healthy. Yeah. And
1: what was interesting, when I said, just show me all the people that have actually converted, so filled out that form, I the statistics was they were spent twice as much time on the site, so it was about six minutes, and they looked at about six to seven pages. Right. So that was really interesting because now I can, again, heading back to HubSpot and about understanding who these people are, you can put something in place where you say, look, if someone has looked at, six pages on my website, has filled out the form, has um, come back you know, a few times, has, is a returning visitor, maybe you need to do something there
0: right? and then
1: convert them. So here's another metric which I didn't really capture before, but I was like, wow, okay, now I know something about these people that are converting. When I know someone's doing this, what do I need to do or what's missing for the other people that are not converting? So again, it's a great way to see is your content working or is it not?
0: Nice. Look at
1: look at how people are sticking to it. Yeah, that's good. And that what should, they're eating. We
0: should have made that a tip of the week. <laughs> that was great. Just one other stat before we move on from this section, but I thought this one was interesting. Sixty-four percent say meetings are valuable.
1: Yeah, and you know what? That's interesting because it comes down again to like you'd said communication, and I think what is happening here is it does become valuable if we can also get sales in with the program. So having that meeting with sales and agreeing and having that open conversation is definitely a key to seeing a great result with what you're doing. I think –
0: Yeah. That's really the focus. Yeah, that's a good point. And just uh, that was on page 13, I should just mention. But at talking about content marketing meetings, I should have qualified that. Yes, not just general meetings. But the reason I thought it was interesting is because most people, it's kind of like meetings are like kind of the epitome of wasted time. It's kind of like, oh, uh, that's where I go to. Yeah. So now
1: you've said content meetings, right? Mm. I think that's really interesting because I think sales need to be actively in con- in content meetings. Yeah, I think And I are. think that yeah. they from one of the things we got out of inbound was that they spend a lot of of time trying to find information to give people or to send to people. So I actually think that they need to be in those meetings.
0: I agree. And I think they might be actually. Again, the sample size is so small. But yeah, it's really about as we're saying communication effective communication because quite often marketing just sits in the corner and doesn't interact with anyone else so marketing unless they're not providing leads in which case (laughs) it's like everyone's pointing the finger at them but it's like oh no marketing and sales they'd never they'd never meet together but actually yeah they are it is valuable that's right so all all right motivation of the week what's motivation our motivation to you our listeners is get a sticker (laughs) it's a limited edition sticker craig limited edition did we mention that all right actually maybe the
1: first uh, let's say the first 10 people that uh send in a contact i think
0: you should personally sign that sticker oh okay there you go (laughs) no we want people to sign up for this (laughs) all right Okay, let's move on to our um, resource of the week, and um, we are getting close to the time, so we just mention this one um, from Siege Media. What did you think of this?
1: I really love this, and I think I spoke about this last week about content curation being a really key point. And even with the stuff that we have been uh, have started doing, is I guess we're essentially using or curating content and putting uh, adding to that to give our little version of it. So I loved. It was a very in-depth article and I would really definitely get people to go have a look at it because I think that, that you don't have to do everything yourself. You've got to be able to share and find and give information to the people at the right time. People often ask me and they come to me and go say, so I often get people that say, oh, I don't know what car to buy. Can you tell me? You know what I generally do is I go search. If I don't know something, I go search and I share with them the content. And again, vacuum cleaner story from a few
0: episodes ago (laughs) that's right i love i didn't
1: know about that vacuum cleaner but i searched and someone had actually written a comparison between the two dyson vacuum cleaners so that was a bit of curated content on my part i was able to go look here's a bit of content here's what i know about the vacuum cleaner that i i have in my house and it's the same thing it's like what are we sharing and providing value with and don't be afraid to share other people's content
0: yeah, I totally agree. And I'll just mention, so Ross Hudgens, who I've followed for a long time, even back from my SEO days at Siege Media, it's an excellent, excellent piece uh, on content creation. Lots of great tips. We don't have time to dig into any of them at the moment. Just we'll provide a link. Might dig some out next week, yeah, actually. Yeah, let's dig some out next week. It's such a good article. Example of remarkable content, you know, how we get that buzzword, remarkable content or 10 times content. Yeah, yeah. excellent. Excellent. All right, so I actually wanted to ask you. Um, I, I think we should have a new section. Our shot, <laughs> shot um, nine. This can be, which is like podcast of the week, because yep. we're a podcast and we listen to a lot of podcasts. Yeah. This week, let's go with uh, one um, that we both love. And uh, what, what's this? Who the Hubcast? That's the Hubcast. Marcus and George. Yeah. Love Big that. shout out for you boys. Yeah. <laughs> We've never listened to this for so long. The reason it's valuable, and although I will say they, I think their intended audience uh, was initially agencies, but I think they're generally HubSpot users now. If you're using HubSpot, uh, there's a lot of value in this podcast because they've been using it for a lot of their clients really well. And and George especially, I love George. He's got so many technical tips. Yes, he he does. He's
1: got some great training.
0: So that's the Hubcast. We'll put a link to it. You can uh, listen to them.
1: And the last one, and this is one I can't I've listened to for a little while. They're not so regular, but what it's actually about is it's called the readit4.me one book podcast. So it's actually about teaching you one idea from one business book every single day. Oh, right. But the podcast isn't every single day. Okay. <laughs> it seems to be a little bit more sporadic. But it's another great thing is to take one thing out of
0: one business book and apply it so i love it Bite, I mean, bite-sized nuggets yeah absolutely okay excellent all right well that's probably about it for this episode of hub shots so thanks for listening and um, we'll finish just by saying it's almost christmas <laughs> i was gonna say get your stickers but anyway. <laughs> sure, great and get your stickers <laughs> and get your that's stickers. your
1: little early christmas present
0: <laughs> all right good to chat with you You're see not... you craig see you mate bye Hey there, thanks for listening to this episode of HubShots. For show notes and the latest HubSpot news and tips, please visit us at hubshots.com.